Uh, well, Pastor Jeff, you, if you didn't know, his daughter, one of his daughters got married this yesterday. And so they're up, I'm sure, having the following day breakfast that you have on Sunday morning. So I'm sure that's what they're doing up in uh, Santa Barbara area. That's where they're at. I think at uh, sister-in-law's home up there. So, uh, so let me just begin by, hey, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. You know, um, I just got, I have a video that I want to show you it's for all you dads and great grandpas and all that here. So, hey, when you guys are ready, go ahead and run that clip for them, okay? Thanks. Here lies a man of God. 
Great video, right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I was working uh, this week on a memorial service that I'm going to be performing on Friday, and it just got me thinking. What would people say at my eulogy? How about your dads and your, your grandfathers out there and the great-granddads and the great-great-granddads? And your spiritual fathers who are out there, what would your, maybe just, what would your family say? Just like we're watching our video here, what would, what would your wife say? How about those that maybe you've been mentoring? Then I thought, what would the Lord say? <laughs> would he say, good job, faithful servants? Or would he say, oh, you wicked and lazy servants? You know, men, as we walk through this morning, and ladies, this is just as much for you as it is for men. But sometimes these are the questions, these are some of the questions I just think we need to ask ourselves. Am I seeking Jesus on a daily basis? Am I really trying to hear from him? Because, you know, Scripture says the sheep know his voice. Do you? Are we holding our thoughts captive, as Scripture says? talks about the power of the tongue, being like a rudder on a ship, you know, or a, it's like a spark that can start a forest fire. How are we... How are our thoughts and the words that come out of our mouth? Are we using our words to edify at home with our wives, our kids, the workplace? How about on the golf course? If you have your Bibles, you could turn to Philippians 4. Because I want you to listen to what Paul says here, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. When it comes to edifying words, these are powerful. You know, it's uh, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. And he just says, you know what? And this is a new King, King James Version. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Dad, it's important to ask yourself, am I living a life also that's transparent? If someone was with you all day long and followed you around, how would they look at you at the end of the day? Are your yes be yes? Is your no your no? Are you striving maybe to meet the mission that God has called you to do? Are you walking out that walk? How you doing with your gifts and your talents? Is there fruit in your life? 
Do you mourn for those who don't know God? Those who don't know Jesus? Do the things that break God's heart break yours? And I think the big one of the questions just to ask yourself is, can people see Jesus in you? See, don't miss this. You know, I, I have maybe one or two of these, if you haven't heard me speak before, is that if you forget everything else I said, I want you to remember this, okay? Inconsistent fathers produce insecure children, and unreliable husbands produce unstable marriages. I love, <laughs> I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we could walk in them. Look, at being a father is a huge responsibility. And if I'm God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work, so maybe you're just asking yourself, well, how do, you, how do you do that in this culture? How do you do this in this world? I mean, where the heck do you even sometimes start? Well, what if I told you you have to come out of the closet? You know, in our current culture, when a statement like that, it's usually associated with a sexual preference. When someone's been maybe keeping a sexual attraction that goes against culture of the day as a secret. And then sometimes, somewhere along the way, some point comes in their life and they decide they're not going to keep it a secret any longer. And so they come out of secrecy. They come out of the closet. So what I want us to walk down today on Father's Day We've all built a closet, not necessarily a physical one, but an emotional one, a psychological one, a spiritual one. You know, recently I had a closet built in my home, I mean, an actual physical closet, okay? And they, you know, they had to do measurements and use two-by-fours and drywall and, you know, um, drywall screws and caulking and painting the door and all those type of things. But I want to talk to you about a closet and even though I'm talking to men, this is women as well, that's been built since we were just babies, kids playing on a playground. It's a closet that we've been building out by observing and experiencing the actions of the world around us. Because as we were maturing in age, the construction of this closet that we build of how we foresee life Okay, at first it just kind of, when we're young, it's just kind of made out of two-by-fours, you know, and it's, you can still kind of see through it, and we're still working away trying to understand everything. But as we keep walking into the world, all of a sudden, now we're starting to put up drywall. We're kind of enclosing our thoughts and the way we see the world in. We keep, we keep not our clothes in this closet like we do at home, but all our interactions. We start walling ourselves in. It's a place to hold how we deal with our view of anger. And when something happens, how we deal with jealousy and abuse and bigotry, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, love. It's our understanding of relationships. Dads, it's here that you develop the way you're going to father your children. It's here in this closet that you build from the way you perceive life, how you're going to treat your wife and your parents and your friends. This is where we choose what to wear how we're going to address, you know, the way we perceive the world around us. Because you see, we know what these walls, this closet does for us, it, what it, 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 that, that we build from the world's view, it, we, we put it up so it insulates us from our hurts. It protects our self-esteem, protects our belief system, our secrets. And then you know what we do? We put a door on it. 
okay? We put a door on the closet. And we open it occasionally, letting some of us out once in a while, or maybe letting someone new kind of come in, or maybe another whole new reality. Open and close the door. We open and close the door. We open and close the door, but we never truly venture too far out. Just look at the closet in your mind's eye, your closet at home. You go into your closet. It's a confined space, right? You go in there to find some clothes that you're going to wear for the day. After you've chosen what you're going to wear, well, you don't stay in the closet. You walk out into a much larger room. You may walk into a bathroom or you walk into your bedroom. Then you walk out of there. You walk into your living room. And as you keep walking out from that closet, the world just gets bigger and gets bigger and gets bigger. Your physical closet is just a small part of your home. There's so much more to your house, right, than just your closet. It's the same way with our lives. When we open ourselves up to the spiritual realm, I'm talking to the power of our, the living God in our lives, to the unbelievable forgiveness, grace and mercy found in Jesus Christ, can I tell you, our world starts to expand immeasurably. When you open the door you built, you, when you open the door that, from that closet that the world had been bombarding, bombarding you with, and this is where you retreated to at times, but when you open it up to God the Father and to God the Son and to God the Holy Spirit, can I tell you, everything changes. Acts 17 says this, For in him we live and we move and exist, as even some of our own poets have said, for we also are his children. So here's the question for you men. Who do you think you are? I'm going to say it again. Who do you think you are? I shared the story a while back, but it just fits so good here. I'm going to share it again with you. Who do you think you are? A man was looking for a job, and he noticed there was an opening at the local zoo. He inquired about the job, and he discovered that the zoo had a very unusual position that they needed filled. Apparently, the gorilla had died. And until they could get a new one, they needed someone to dress up like a, in a gorilla suit and act like a gorilla for a few days. He was just to sit there, eat and sleep. His identity would be kept a secret, of course. Thanks to a very fine gorilla suit, no one would ever be the wiser. The zoo offered good pay. So the man decided, you know what? I'm going to do it. He tried on the suit. Hey, sure enough, he looked like a gorilla. They led him to the cage. He took his position at the back of the cage and pretended to be sleeping. But after a while, he got kind of tired of just sitting around, so he started walking around a little bit, jumping up and down, tried a few gorilla noises. The people who were watching him really seemed to be really enjoying this. When he would get up and move around and jump, they would start cheering and clapping, and they'd throw peanuts at him. He liked peanuts, so he did it even more and more. So he jumped up and down some more. They just, and he just saw the cow getting more and more excited. He goes, wow, this is great. So he grabs a vine and he starts swinging inside the cage, <laughs> okay? And the crowds even get louder and louder. He continued to swing higher and higher. And all of a sudden, you know what happened, right? The vine broke. He swung up and out of the cage and right into the lion's cage. He panicked. There was a huge lion not 20 feet away, and it looked really hungry. 
So the man and the gorilla suit start jumping up and down and screaming and yelling, going, help, help, I'm not really a gorilla. I'm a man. Get me out of here. The lion quickly pounced on the man, held him down, and then said, will you shut up? You're going to get us both fired. <laughs> uh, so, for whatever reason, what I tell you that story, for whatever reason, you know, you could be this guy, trying to be something that you're not. Now, the question is, men and ladies, who the heck did God make you to be? Well, who he made you to be, can I tell you, is not found in your social status. It's not determined by your height, by your weight, by your good looks, your personality, or your appearance. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Your identity is not found in who you are, but whose you are. Let me say this again. Listen, if you're keeping notes, I'm telling you, you've got to write this down. Your identity is not found in who you are, but whose you are. Listen, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and you acknowledge him as the Lord of your life, you are spiritually begin a transformation from a nobody to a somebody. Are you hearing me? From a nobody to a somebody. Your spirit is made new. It says that the Bible says, Scripture says you become a new creation in the sense that all that Christ is is now in you. When you became a Christian, your identity, your identity was completely wrapped up in Christ. You're accepted now. You're accepted into him. You're recognized as one of God's kids. Think about it. You're one of God's kids. You want to know what God says about you? If, if I gave you in all your notes here, and I hope you grabbed one, because here I'm going to fill in the blanks for you this morning. You want to know what God thinks about you? Here we go. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He was created us anew in Christ so that we could do the things that he planned long ago. You know what that says? You're a masterpiece. That means you matter. You matter to God. Here's the second thing. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone, anyone, is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, but behold, new things have come. Your spirit is created in the image and the likeness of God. The old person of you is slowly dying away. Here's the third one. You're complete in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. Masterpiece, new creation, complete in Christ. And then, ready for this one, there's more. You're righteous in Jesus Christ. One of my favorite scripture verses in all the Bible. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have right standing with God just like you've never done anything wrong. And then here's the fifth one. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him. Strengthens me. And how about this one? 
Hope you're writing them down. You're God's child. You're a joint heir. You're a joint heir with Christ. Galatians 3.29. And if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's descendant. You're heirs, according to the promise. You're heirs of the kingdom of heaven. And then there's seven. There is no lack for your God supplies all your needs. You know what all means, right? All means all, and that's all it all means. He supplies all your needs. Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply all your needs according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And here's number eight. You have the mind of Christ. Philippians 4.7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's powerful. I can't tell how many people I've been with and in crisis moments can tell you they got that peace of God that just envelops them. Helps carry them through the most difficult times in life. So how do you know who you are? You find out what God says about you right here in his word. Okay, those scripture verses I gave you, can I tell you? Memorize them. Remember who you are. Okay, remember those verses. Anchor yourself Anchor yourself to the unmovable rock that's in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, he's your true identity, not what the world says, what Christ says about you. When the world says you're a loser, you're the worst father I've ever seen, that's not what Jesus says about you. That's not what God says about you. When you made a mistake that you can't forgive yourself, God says, go ahead, forgive yourself. You're already forgiven. The world would say, I can't believe you forgave him. You know, Jesus was speaking in front of a crowd one day, and he made this statement. It's in John 10. He goes, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He said, I am the door. Jesus didn't say, I am a door. He said, I am the door. I'm the door of the closet that you have built. Open that door and let you out. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying there the night he was arrested. And the Bible says that Jesus was dealing with so much anxiety and stress that he actually sweated drops of blood. He said in Luke 22, 42, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, Jesus is stating God, if it's your will, may I not have to go through. I don't want to go through the door of pain. I don't want to go through the, death, the door of suffering. That's what Jesus said. He said it three times. Any other way. I don't want to do this. And three times the Father says, you've got to go through the door. Now, let me just stop you. Stop for a second. Have you ever thought about this? If there had been any other door, if there had been any other way, God being God, wouldn't you think he would have just said, uh, okay, Jesus, you don't need to go through the pain and suffering. You don't need to go through the abuse, okay? There's another door we can use. It doesn't have to be you. I'll find someone else. But God the Father couldn't because Jesus is the door. He's not a door. He's the door. If he had just been a door, just one of many to heaven, God would have said, hey, it's okay. 
Sure. You know what, Jesus? Sure. You know what? I'll just use the door of Buddha instead of you. Or I'll use the door of Mormonism. Or the door of Scientology. Or the door of Islam. Or the door of Christian Scientology. Or the door of being just a good guy. Or a good woman. God couldn't. There is no other door. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say, I'm just an option. <laughs> he didn't say, hey, I'm just one of the many ways to God. He said, I'm it. <laughs> you know, during, during Coachella Fest this year, Mary and I needed to go to Ralph's. So, you know where I'm at, where I'm going already, right? <laughs> Especially if you live out in my area. I'm sorry, I got uh, allergies. Uh, so I sent Mary in. <laughs> I told her I was sitting in the car returning emails. What those people were wearing walking in and out of that grocery store. I was just kind of laughing to myself. You know, I think, does your mother know what you're wearing? But you know what's interesting? And the people who would be walking through these electronic doors, you know, I tell you, they're all different sizes and shapes. And their clothes and hairstyles were all really different. And yet, can I tell you, every single time the door would open for each and every one of them, no matter how they looked, no matter what their background was or what they were wearing. Look at, I can tell you, my dog knows if he stands in front of the door at PetSmart, okay, he knows the door's going to open for him, Okay. Can I tell you, the door doesn't refuse anybody. It just opens. People just to have, you just got to have faith to stand in front of it, front of the sensor for the door to open, right? Jesus says, I am the door. Whoever enters through me, that means prostitutes, adulterers, liars, cheaters, people caught up in lust, greed, gluttony, self-centeredness, self-serving, whoever, whatever. Jesus just entered through me. And I can help you. I can help you close those other destructive doors. And you can experience freedom like you never experienced it before. You can exit the closet that you've been building your whole life. You can get out of there. And you can walk into a fullness of life. You don't have to be trapped back in here. You know what I discovered about life? Life is just a series of doors. There are doors everywhere you go. We're always closing doors, opening doors closing doors, and then we're opening doors. There are three important doors that I want to talk to you about. And only one of them do you have any control. The other two we don't at all. You know that first door? It's the door of birth and life. I didn't control that one. <laughs> and neither did you, right? Then there's the second door. The door of death. I don't control that one either. And I don't think you do. I don't know about your family, but everybody in my family in my past have died or they're going to die, okay? I don't have any uncle that's 800 years old, okay? Everybody has moved on. But there's a door I do control. And there's a door that you control. And it's the third door. We control whether we walk through it or we don't. We have a freedom of choice. We either respond or we don't. We either walk out of our closet or we just stay where we are and never venture forward. Because that third door is not just the door, it's the door. 
And that door is for you, and that door is for me. And if you have an opportunity right now to walk through it, you have that opportunity. Look, I can't make you do it, okay? But you got the choice. Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. All you got to do is say, you know what, Jesus? I really messed up. I've been going through all kinds of series of doors, and they just kind of left me wondering. You ever gone wondering, go, is this all there is? <laughs> Maybe you've gone through some financial doors. You know, you thought, oh, boy, if I go through a door like that, financial door, I'm going to have an incredible life. And maybe you've reached all your goals today, sitting here in the room or listening on live stream, and you made this amount of money that you had hoped to make, and maybe you're sitting out there or listening in your living room somewhere and going, you know, but something's still missing. Others here maybe have gone through a marriage or two, or maybe you're jumping from bed to bed with different people, and you're kind of thinking, this will do it for me. But you find yourself asking, is that, I mean, there's got to be more to life. And this, or maybe you've gone through a series of doors with alcohol addiction, maybe drug addiction, depression, anxiety, and you're like, man, something's just not right. You have a choice today to choose life or death, freedom or bondage. Dads, can I tell you, you can start fresh today, right now, right now, because through the death the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the door to heaven, can I tell you? The door to heaven, the door to eternity was reopened. The door to a new life is open. Jesus just said, you know, repent and believe. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. He just said, turn from your ways. Turn from this way of life. Turn from that life that you thought was it when you were back there in that closet you built from how you framework the world and come out and walk on, come with me this way. And let me show you what I have for you. A tremendous life. All you got to do is open it. All you got to do is anchor yourself to the rock, Jesus Christ. Look at, as I begin to close, and if you guys would throw up the photo there of the rock climber. You know, on Father's Day, man, I have a gift for you when you leave here today. You know, I was watching the Discovery Channel, and they had Cliff climbers. They put their faith and their lives in just a few pieces of climbing equipment, okay? They got, you know, the climbing helmet, and they got a harness. They got chalk, you know, for their hands. They got a, they got a carabiner. Kind of looks like this thing, you know. You've seen these things, right? Where you latch on, you know, you hook on to things, and they have a belay device, they call it, you know, where they can move themselves up and down. They got climbing anchors, really important, okay? Your climbing anchors to anchor into the rock, you know, your carabiner, really important, right? I mean, these things are made out of carbon steel, man. They're so that no matter what, they will hold you, okay? And when climbing, you just want to make sure that you're really secure in the rock, that that anchor is really anchored in. Jesus stated this in Matthew 7. If you have your Bibles, it'd be good to turn there. Now, wait for a second. Turn your Bibles. Matthew 7. Though it'll be up on the screen, but there may be some things you might want to highlight. It'll be verse 24 we're going to talk about here as we look at this photo and we look at talking about anchoring. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, this is Jesus talking to you. And to me. 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the... Everyone, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sands. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and slammed against the house, and it fell. And great was the fall. I'm going to give you all, as you leave today, men, a carabiner keyring. And I want it to be a reminder for you. Okay, wherever you hook it up to or whatever you use it to, to always secure yourself to the rock. Secure yourself to Jesus Christ. Because when you start to find yourself feeling like you're going back to your old way of life, you feel like you're backing back into that closet of past regrets, and, you know, the, the bad, poor self-esteems or bad decisions, that reoccurring, that reoccurring sin, you know, you're struggling with. I want to encourage you. Remember who you're anchored to. Remember who opened the door for you. Men, let me tell you, it's a life of freedom. It's a life of no condemnation. I'm telling you, it's a life of strength and boldness and security and wisdom and peace. So finally, men, I have a final thought. I want to share with you. I want you to think about that. I kind of open with this, but I want you to think about this. When the day comes and you're standing before your creator and God says to you, who'd you bring with you? Would there be anybody there? How about your family? Who'd you bring with you? Men? Dads, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, great-great-grandfathers, spiritual dads, I have a closing story for you. It's a story about a fishing trip. A group of fishermen had landed in a secluded bay in Alaska. They had a great day fishing for salmon. But when they returned to their seaplane, they were surprised to discover it was aground because of the fluctuating tides. They had no option. They had to wait until the next morning till the tides came in. But when they took off, they only got a few feet off the ground and came crashing down into the sea. Being aground the day before punctured a hole in one of the platoons, and it filled up with water. The seaplane slowly began to sink, and there were three men and a 12-year-old boy named Mark, a son to one of the men. They prayed they jumped into the icy cold waters, they're going to swim to shore. The water was cold, the riptide was strong, and the two men reached the shore exhausted. But when they looked back, their companion, who was also a strong swimmer, didn't swim to shore because his 12-year-old son wasn't strong enough to make it. They saw that father with his arms around his son being swept out to sea. He chose to die with his son rather than to live without them. You know, there's a fact of life that most kids do not know. We love our children so much that we would die for them. 
And I am quite convinced if I were to ask every father in this room to stand up who would do that same thing for his son or daughter, I would dare to say that every father would leap to his feet. So fathers, I want to leave you with this. Bless your children. Bless them. Bless them with a meaningful touch. Meaningful. Give them a hug. Bless them through verbal affirmation. You know, just tell them how proud you are of them. Let them know how valuable and how important they are. Help them develop a positive outlook for the future. And let them know, let them know you're committed to them. See, it's not enough just to speak the words. Set the example by your willingness to sacrifice for them, to pray for them, to spend time with them, helping them to develop their gifts. Go play games with them. Help them to understand who they truly are, whose they are as they walk this life. So what I would love for all of us to do as I bless all your fathers today we played a song this morning. It was the very first song. It was talking about, you know, the, in the song, it says, you know, I don't want to leave a legacy. The legacy I want to leave is Jesus Christ. And men, can I tell you, the legacy you want to leave is for your children to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ because nothing else matters in the end. Because at the end, it's the end here. But life goes on forever for eternity. So would you stand with me? Would you sing together? Everyone, please just stand. Let's sing this closing song, and then I'll just do a final prayer for us to be out. Thank you.